BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Wednesday. That means it's hump day. Which means you get to hump someone and you also get a fabulous new episode of the Morning Toast. We miss you guys. This is our final weekly episode. episode. You guys, I'm so excited. I really am excited to get back in studio and to be doing the damn thing. In the words of Becca Kufrin, to be doing Doing the the damn damn thing thing every single day. But this month has just been... Like, I literally, like, you can hear the smile. You can hear the smile in my words. This month has been pure joy, pure elation, and pure inner inner peace. peace. You said it, Jackie. I couldn't have said it better myself. But while that is sadly coming to an end, starting this upcoming Monday, which is crazy, we'll be back. Which is crazy. We're doing five shows a week, back to our normal thing, pre-recorded, so... No worries. I think a lot of people were genuinely, like, shook that we were never coming back, which, honestly, I could feel, because, like, we're just living our best lives. No, I could feel, too, because, like... I thought about it. I'm, I'm thri- Like, it's hard for me to go from a situation where we're thriving completely back into the hamster wheel. But you know what? That's life. And, and it's like we always say, you know, the good times aren't as good when you don't put in the work. A hundred percent. You gotta work. You gotta work hard, play hard. And, you know... Even though I actually have really liked doing weekly episodes, it's just not us. Like, we need to talk more. We need to talk more. And, of course, like, right after we dropped Wednesday's episode, like, Lala Ken's pregnant. And I do have this sense of FOMO when, when, like, there's big news happening in the world and, like, we don't have a show the next day. So, on the one hand, it is nice sometimes to have time to, like, ruminate with our thoughts. Yes. But then, on the other hand, we're not talking about, like, the things that we live to talk about. And, like, some of the, like, literally they announced the Dancing with the Stars cast the second we sat down from recording last week's episode. And, at this point, it's old news but I do have a lot of thoughts on it so we're obviously going to talk about it anyway but you know the weekly episode model it's not perfect but you know the <laughs> week, the daily episode model it is so basically what we're trying to say in a very long-winded way is that we're back on Monday and we're excited to be back but but we must say like there is value, value in the weekly episodes because like we said last week we got time to like live with some of these yes. stories and figure out how we feel about them but spoiler alert I pretty much feel the same way like yes after- of course and also my my opinion on something only changes like after I've regurgitated my initial opinion like once I've gotten it out there then I then I think about it more but like when it's just in my head it doesn't really change that much that's funny my opinion changes I'm like such a follower and like a sponge like I'll form an opinion on a story and then like I'll talk to someone who either has like a totally different opinion on it or just gives like a unique perspective and like I'll just adopt their perspective like whatever comes out of my mouth is usually something like I heard from a friend I don't know I feel like sometimes it depends on that friend and you value their opinion so like you don't just, like, take... You're not any old sponge. Like, you don't just absorb no, I, anything. I absorb, like, clean, fresh, smart water. But I do also think that sometimes you hear someone's opinion and it makes you even more firm in your own. You're like, sometimes oh, no, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah sometimes. That's stupid. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But again, what we're trying to say is we'll see you guys on Monday, back in studio, audio, video, the whole thing. But thank you guys for giving us this time off. We've enjoyed it immensely, and I feel as though for the, the health of the show... 
it was what we needed to do. It was what we needed to do. And also, like, even though we're only doing weekly episodes, like, Patreon has been popping off literally and physically. People are literally saying that they feel spoiled by our content. I've heard multiple people say that. That is not something that I came up with. That was, you know, customer feedback. Customer feedback. We've been just giving our all to the Patreon and taking you guys behind the scenes on our trip with us. We just put out a video last week where Claudia and I learned the WAP dance for TikTok. and It was um, so hard. It was so hard. The video was so hilarious. Every time I think about like certain things I just laugh to myself which is the hallmark of a good video a hundred percent also the hallmark of a good video is that you physically feel the ramifications of the video not one not two but three days later like I literally was so sore my thighs were aching I've never felt soreness like that in my life because the dance is so labor intensive and I have so much respect for the dancers and so much respect for ourselves for actually doing it we actually didn't do a terrible job we didn't do a terrible job like from the top you made it drop and it was, in fact, a wet-ass pussy. It was confirmed. <laughs> because I was sweaty as fuck. Stop, I can't. Um, so check that out, patreon.com slash toast. And if you're looking for more content, my comedy special is always there for you. It is there. Apple TV, Amazon Prime, literally any streaming service you want to rent, you want to purchase, you want to own, you do your thing. Disgraced Queen is what it's called. Thank you to everyone who has watched it during this time off. Keep tagging me in your stories. Makes me feel cool. And I appreciate it. And speaking of other content, if you're looking to consume some, the redheads, it is always a wonderful, fantastic, fabulous time to become a redhead. September really is back to school. And so I really do feel like for those of us who are no longer in school, like the redheads is the perfect thing to give you that back to school vibe. I'm choosing this month's book. It's The Unraveling of Cassidy Holmes, which is, um, seems really good, but it's also like about like a girl group pop culture Mm. sort of thing. I've heard it's very similar to Daisy Jones and the Six, which is a beloved book. So join the Redheads. It's never too late. And it's never a bad time. Oh, never a bad time. Never. A wise woman once said that. I can't think of like what could be a bad time. Speaking of time, like we're in such a weird time, curious time. time. (laughs) Speaking of time, (laughs) we're in such a strange part of the year now, especially given the fact that... Claudia, it's October. Well, so yeah, so summer is really over because Labor Day is over and now we're like in September and it it's always a weird time of year, but given, you know, the extraordinary circumstances we're all living through right now, it feels even more weird. And I was watching TV yesterday, and I was watching um, Freeform, and they literally started promoting their 31 Nights of, of Christmas, uh, Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was shook. It's just like, it was March, and now it's Halloween. No, it's insane. And also, like, we're planning the rest of the next two weeks, which are coming back to the toast, and then it's Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And right after Yom Kippur, like, it is October. Like, it's almost time to record the next episode of Redheads. Like, I'm fucking shook. That's crazy. I mean, you just even bringing up the words Yom Kippur to me is like... I know, I triggered you. I'm sorry. No, and you know that I'm on this, like, really, really hard journey to inner peace. And you know that Yom Kippur are the two words that could derail me completely. For those who don't know, it, the Jewish holidays are coming up. It's the up. Day of Atonement. So Rosh Hashanah is the start of the new Jewish year. It's a fabulous holiday. You have to go to shul. It's a little boring. But it's there's new food. Year's family it's celebratory it's celebratory you get to eat a lot it's good which is completely counter to the following holiday so like the next week is yom kippur which is like the day of atonement and it's a really serious it's the most serious jewish holiday you have to fast um 25 hours you start the night before and it is just like 
my least favorite day. It of is the your year. cross to bear yes. as a Jew. Do you know? No. Do you know? <laughs> it is my cross to bear as a Jew. And do you know what my favorite day of the year is? It's not my birthday. It's the day after Yom Kippur because then I know I'm 300. I I will never be further away yep. from another Yom Kippur than I am the day after Yom Kippur. It keep like literally throughout the year. Like I'll like creep in. I'm like, oh my god, it's February. Like we're so close to Yom Kippur. It haunts me. And if you've been a toaster for a while, every year this time of year like we dread we complain about Yom Kippur um and it just it really starts to affect like this time of the year because you're like you can't enjoy you can't enjoy you have to eat everything inside because you're like one day it will be Yom Kippur so now here's my here's my question for you like obviously the most obvious part about why Yom Kippur is a really difficult holiday is the fasting Mm -hmm. but there's so many other levels to it. so many other um what would you I know my answer what would you say is besides the fasting part is the hardest part of the day for you the breath. Yes, I was going to say the, the same thing. The morning, afternoon, evening breath. Depending on how religious you are, like, you're really not supposed to have anything in your mouth, so most people don't actually brush their teeth, which is absolutely insane. And even if they do, n- brushing your teeth in the morning and not eating anything, anything for 25 hours, like, brushing your teeth is not going to help. Like, no. your breath is still stanky. So it's just, like, you go to shul, like, you run into people, like, it is just breath central. It's and- the YKB. It's the Yom Kippur breath. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've never smelt it, I'm, you consider I'm jealous. yourself lucky, okay? <laughs> yeah. So that's where my head's at. Like, I, I just, it's Rosh Hashanah is like such a nice holiday. Yeah, it's like you're like you're undoing like weeks of inner peace work. Oh shit! And you're right. we need to stop talking about it because, by the way, like it's kind of it's in two weeks, three weeks, and we're make, we're prolonging it by talking yeah. about it longer. Okay, no, you know, it's over. It's over. Let's it's dive over. in. Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Okay. Without further ado, sure. Without further discussion of YKB, it is time for the fast eye stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. And honestly, today's sponsor could not be more appropriate because if you want to combat YKB, Yom Kippur breath, there is still <laughs> enough time for you to order a brooch, okay? We have spoken about brooch one other time on this show, and literally everyone I know bought a brooch. We both brought our brooches on vacation. It is the best toothbrush hands down first of all it's, it's so a, cute it's, it's the best toothbrush i've ever used like from a technical perspective yes and mine is pink and it's so cute it's like i wake up in the morning and i'm excited to brush my teeth a hundred percent and it is really guaranteed to combat ykb and i can't recommend all everyone listening buy a brush it is literally the best product think about how many times you've brushed your teeth in your entire life and you probably do it without thinking at this point but have you ever Manage to replicate that fresh from the dentist feeling. For a dentist quality clean at home, don't brush, brush. Um, brush is just everything of the sort. We've been using it now for maybe two months, and I definitely feel a tangible difference in my breath, in like how my teeth just feel, overall dental hygiene. Ben has been using it too, and I'm very um, just like aware of you Ben's are. breath at all times. You are. I've seen, this is something that I've noticed about you being together now. Like you're always commenting I'm just aware of for it. the positive or the negative yes. on Ben's breath. <laughs> um, brushing your teeth can be a chore, but with Bruch, it is fun, and it's 100 times as effective to boot. Bruch cleans your teeth at 31,000 movements in a minute. Manual toothbrushes top out at just 300 movements a minute. Okay. Many electric toothbrushes are barely a step up for manual. Some do a good job but cost $200 or more. Bruch delivers premier sonic wave technology without the markups that big electric toothbrushes tack on. If you want to get 15% off your Bruch kit, use the promo code TOAST at Bruch.com. That is spelled B-R-U-U-S-H dot com. Code TOAST. You can try it 90 days risk-free and get a two-year warranty, but only if you go to Bruch.com, B-R-U-U-S-H dot com, promo code TOAST. 
Sign on Combat YKB every <laughs> single day and every single night. Every time. Every time. Okay, before we get into the Fast Five stories, this is Jackie and Claudia from the future. From the future. From the future. We've but been, it's the past for you guys. It's the past for you. It's all in the past, but for us, we're the future Jackie and Claudia from who just said the brush ad. Yeah. Because. This is a little break in the episode. The episode will go on as normal. Don't yeah, worry. But af- right after we wrap. And by the way, we always say the second we sit down from recording weekly episodes, we always record the day before. The second we sit down, there's like some breaking news. So last week, it was the Dancing with the Stars cast. And we waited till this week. But the news that broke right after we stopped recording, we had to get back on the horn it's too much to discuss it so you're getting a bonus story because kim kardashian and co have announced that keeping up with the kardashian is going to be ending after 20 seasons 14 years countless memories countless memories countless laughs it came out of absolutely nowhere i thought it was very interesting that it was announced on kim's social media and then subsequently the sisters but the news broke on kim's um platform They wrote a statement, which was obviously lovely. We didn't get any information, just basically the show's not coming back. Yeah, so here's the statement. Kim said, to our amazing fans, it is with heavy hearts that we've made the difficult decision as a family to say goodbye to Keeping Up with the Kardashians. After what will be 14 years, 20 seasons, hundreds of episodes, and numerous spinoff shows, we are beyond grateful to all of you who've watched us for all these years. You're welcome, Kim. We've absolutely loved watching you. It has been a pleasure. Like We are so grateful to you Mm -hmm. for, for participating. For putting yourself out there. Through the good times, the bad times, the happy the tears and the many relationships and children justice for chris humphries mm-hmm. will forever cherish the wonderful memories and countless people we've met along the way so she's saying with love and gratitude peace the fuck out so there's many many things to unpack here if you are an avid keeping up with the kardashians watcher like jackie and i are this might not come as a huge shock just because in recent seasons they've been having a a hard time rallying the troops to film. It's become a point of contention. It's even become a storyline yeah. on the show, which is just so meta, I can't even. No, and it's like watching the show, I never really thought that this was going to be what happened next, but now everything that happened on the show is just like, oh yeah, of course, after they couldn't get anyone to film anymore, right. it's over. But we do know that about 10 years ago, they signed their $100 million. And we reference this, because I remember the day like it was yesterday like it was the biggest news ever i remember we always got um the newspaper in our house and literally uh the new york post front page it was like a hundred dollar deal whatever hundred dollar deal hundred million dollars and they've kind of been and it sounded like so much money at the time but now knowing like who they are where they are what they're worth the hundred million dollars for like eight of the biggest celebrities in the world to do 10 seasons of a show is actually like it sounds crazy but it's not that much money it's not that it's not enough now but then like it was an investment and that's how those things go right and it was a great deal on east part and i guess the the contract has officially come to an end and i just never thought there would be a time where they wouldn't do it no because the way they refer to the show on the show is mm-hmm. like the show is the mothership everything stems from the show every success every venture that they've had it all starts and stems from the show and while it might not be their most lucrative venture it's really like the nucleus of their whole brand and yeah and it keeps them really relevant and when they're always in the news they never really address anything but when the show catches up to real life we get it all like straight from their mouths but see i've thought about it well, not a lot because this only broke like an hour ago, but I've thought about it and it's like, while that may be a blessing in a lot of circumstances, like having your own platform that is huge to set the record straight on so many things, sometimes like the the things that they deal with are highly personal, whether it's like relationship stuff, kid stuff, and you don't always want to like be 
responsible for explaining yourself in your personal matters. And when you have the show, it's a sword that swings both ways. Yes, yeah. it's an amazing platform to clear up whatever is actually going on. But also, you also have to explain some things that you might not want to explain because you don't owe everyone everything. Yeah, but I do think sometimes they like pick and choose what they want to focus on. Yeah. And I think that generally speaking, like the show it has been a net positive for them. But you said something interesting when we were talking about it earlier, where it's like, I feel like, on the one hand, this could be like an end of an era. Like, the Kardashians are focusing on their businesses. They're no longer going to be the first family of reality television. And, like, things are about to change. I want to say that, I know what you're going to say because I said it. Mm -hmm. But even if this isn't the end of their, like, TV career, it is still the absolute end of a pop culture era. Because keeping up with the Kardashians, I, but no. I don't think that that will be the name of anything Mm -hmm. that they do next. I think E owns it, and this is the end of one era. But, like, in the age of streaming services, and we see these huge, massive fucking Mm -hmm. deals that people are getting with Netflix, Mm -hmm. with HBO Max, with Quibi, like, there is so much money out there for them, and maybe this is just a matter of, like, their contract ran out, they got a better deal with Netflix, they're going to sign a 10-year deal with Netflix for a billion dollars. They literally could. Or, literally, a one-year deal for a hundred million dollars. Like, just the worth and the value of reality stars, of their... Of them. Of them. No, both. It's the culture. It's the culture, but... And them. Yes, of course. So I think that either this is like truly the end and they'll still be like the most famous gals in the world um, and they still might do different like TV ventures but like this is the end of their family reality show or it's just going to move to a different platform which at the end of the day they've always been like some of the smartest business women out there and while they never get the credit for it this could very well be just a good business move because even if they were renegotiating with E I don't think that E has the funds to match a Netflix. I don't think E can afford them like E can't even do E News anymore. Well so that's the other thing here it's like where do we go from here as E? E in the last month has lost two of not only the biggest but most iconic longest running shows on their network and honestly on a lot of networks we lost e-news and we lost and we lost very cavalry oh yeah no but i'm referring to e-news <laughs> and keeping up with the kardashians and it just really now it's an end of an era at e first of all yes. like it is now there's literally no programming on that i watched as a kid which is just weird because you get used to these types and you fall into these patterns but I think that while it's all also like a big thing for the Kardashians, like for E, like I actually don't know where E as a network goes from here. Like I feel like every time we report on E, it's like not good news. No, it's not good news. I think that I'm sure they're having these same conversations. I think they have some really good shows. They have like Daily Pop, Nightly Pop. They have Total Bellas, which yeah. I'm a big fan of. And I think maybe for E, it's like they have to find the next Kardashians. Like mm-hmm. that's what they do. Yeah, I think that Justin and Morgan honestly are like the future of the network in a lot of ways. Um, and but I when think, it comes to reality TV right. programming, like there's difference between like talk show programming you know and i think that it's on e if they're the you know the purveyors of pop as they say mm-hmm. that they are like they have to find the next kardashians and at a price they can afford yeah it's just it's just so crazy and it honestly is like a little sad you know like well first of all i have to say like when the news broke margot wrote in our family chat like with this within a second of kim posting on twitter and i freaked out and i just screenshotted it and posted it on our instagram and it was the picture of the statement it was black and white text and i guess to a lot of people because this is such crazy news it's not in the realm of people's like we're not even thinking about it why would i think that this statement is about the kardashians being canceled and i think a lot of people on our instagram thought at first that it was a statement from us to our amazing fans like we're no longer doing the toast and literally there was 300 comments and this is 
Tuesday night. So I don't know what it's going to be tomorrow morning um, of people who thought that it was us. And, you know, like, I don't know how we got to this place where, like, every time we say something, people think we're going to quit. No, I know. No, it's like, are we quitters? No, no, like, you guys, we're not going anywhere. Like, no, I know. The toast is our absolute it's our life. dream. And I know that it would give, you know, so much joy that's, to certain people. And that's people. also why we never. I'll never. I'll be doing the toast till the day I die just to spite some of these, na- like, some of these trolls. Uh, we will never stop, never quit. Not never. only do we absolutely love what we do and, like, we have a good ass time every fucking day and like it's also our job we it's can't our, quit yeah, right we, we've got to work yeah. also we just can't ever stop because it would make too many people too, too happy. happy like if there's literally one person left listening to the dose while i'm on my deathbed like i would be live streaming <laughs> my death just so please don't ever and i feel like we keep saying this and i still yeah. get so many people being like oh my god literally people are like you've been on vacation for so long you guys you and jackie are gonna quit like no 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 we're never quitting sorry guys sorry, sorry ex toasters but we'll be here for a while it's just it is so so funny that everyone just like is thinks we're about to quit and like the, i think honestly because a lot of people are like if i was jackie and claudia like i, I would quit, quit. Yeah. no they're like why don't you quit <laughs> right right so like i get it but it's just i have to say i don't know how many times or in how many languages we could say it and like we are not quitting yeah we are not quitting but the, but the Kardashians are. are yeah crazy so enjoy the rest of the episode this is a, a, a message from the future a message from the future let's get back to the past Okay, let's get into the stories. First story we we teased you with a little bit. Dancing with the Stars released their celebrity cast. And you know what? It's super top, like, timely. Yeah. And premium. So here are the celebs. Monica, the head coach from Cheer. Uh, Let's just give our thoughts with each one. Excellent casting. She obviously has a leg up. Yes. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) You and I were speculating that someone from Cheer might be on it, and we thought it might be Jerry. And I really would have loved to see Jerry, but I think this is great for Monica as well. Oh, for sure. Carol Baskin. So this is what I want to talk about. Because I didn't watch Tiger King, but I just want to say, like, what filtered down from the content about Tiger King is Mm -hmm. that Carol Baskin may or may not allegedly be a murderer. Right. So this is where I feel like cancel culture misses all the nuances. It's like, we are so quick to, like, literally strip someone of all their success and give them no opportunities if we feel like they've made a mistake in saying something wrong or inappropriate or offensive whether or not they meant it like we're so quick to jump all over them and here is carol baskin like pretty much universally believed to be a full-blown murderer (laughs) and we are like living for the fact that she's gonna be on dancing with the stars and don't get me wrong like i'm living for it as well she's a very unique character i don't think she's gonna be a good dancer she dresses strange she's a strange person she saves like tigers for a living she's weird and i get it from the entertainment perspective and i'm definitely gonna be watching and honestly i'm gonna be rooting for carol like i am but this is where i feel like cancel culture is like in so many ways like such a joke like she is truly universally believed to be a murderer yeah i can't speak on it because i didn't watch it and and even as someone who didn't watch it just hearing like that this documentary came out and now everyone thinks that like carol baskin killed her husband whacked him Mm -hmm. and it's like you're innocent until you're proven guilty she was never charged with his murder even so it's also so on the other on the flip side it's like this woman has like murderer attached to her name yes that's because just because a documentary like painted her in this way and and i didn't watch it so like i'm just saying from an outside perspective like it's damaging on both ways a hundred percent there's two very real things going on here like carol baskin is either like the most you know misunderstood woman in in america or like this is just a joke and you know i'm trying to think of like a similar situation and i'm curious to see like let's say dead seriously like they cast oj simpson on dancing with the stars he was proven innocent yeah even though it's widely believed that he did kill ron and nicole so like 
I'm just, I just think it's really interesting. Like, I, I, I'm not saying I agree one way or another. Of course, I stand firmly in the middle, as always. <laughs> but, like, I just think it's really interesting how it's, like, we're so serious about, like, canceling people. But, like, this is but, allegedly a murderer, like, dancing her way onto television. Yeah. But, or no, she could no, not No, be. it's, like, the, the, the punishment is much more severe and serious when the crime is not an actual crime. You know, like, I feel like in Hollywood, like, you are, or just, like, this industry, like, you are really punished way harsher for saying something bad than you are for doing something 100%. bad. 100%. Like, you could get a DUI, say. Right. And you, you do your community service and, and you're working in six months. Yeah. But you could have something that you said six years ago come out, you will not be working in six months. Right. And it's like, there are still, you know, so many people in Hollywood who have been accused of sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, and it has relatively unaffected their careers. So, like, I just think it, this is just, to me, indicative of what I've always felt about cancel culture and, like, how it makes... No fucking sense, and it misses all the nuances, you okay, know? I think that's really fair. But also, it could be, like, justice for Carol Baskin. Like, maybe she just literally didn't kill her husband. You know, right. everyone's just believing. No one bothered to do research beyond the documentary. We just believed what the documentary told us because we trust Netflix as a content creator, you yeah. know? So I don't know. But I don't you know have, how to feel. But you have to question everything. Everything. You have to question everything. You have to question her innocence, and you have to question her guilt. You also have to question the documentary itself. Mm-hmm. Like... It's entertainment, you know? 100%. And I think with documentaries, like, I love a good documentary, and it could sway me any which way, but, like, you have to also remember that sometimes. It's like... They set out with a purpose. Yeah, or what's the best story? Like, what's going to make... You know, what came from Tiger King is, like, this really interesting storyline that people are talking about, and it became, like, the most watched thing on Netflix because there's all this... Hoopla. Conversation. Yeah, so I just think there's, like, an interesting conversation to be had around Carol Baskin. But at the end of the day, for entertainment purposes, like, I will 100% be watching. She's, have you, you see her cameos going around. Like, she's a character. She's insane. Yeah, she is. Also, the other cast is great, too, so it's it's reason to watch. Caitlin Bristow, finally we justice knew. for Caitlin Bristow. So exciting, so deserved, so She's going to be up there. She's, she's going to make it pretty far. I agree. Vernon Davis, who's a Super Bowl champion. Fabulous. Love it. Anne Heche. The actress. No idea who she yes, is. Yes, you do. She's like just the most actressy actress ever. Anne Heche. Yeah. She is from. Oh, she's like Felon she Fearon. She used to date Ellen. She did? Yeah. You're right. Oh my God. I don't know her from anything in particular. She's just like a blonde actress. She honestly looks like Helen Mirren's stunt double, but like a little bit younger. Um, good for her. Okay. Yeah. Seems like kind of a step down from Ellen, but. Sky Jackson from the Disney Channel. Absolutely love her, and she's definitely a good dancer. Oh, for sure. Justina Machado, an actress from One Day at a Time. Okay. AJ McLean from Backstreet Boys. You guys might know him because he came on CMA. Oh, yes. CMA red carpet. We interviewed him. He's obviously a good dancer, and him and Caitlin were the the two who were announced before, like, the major announcement, so we knew that he was going to be on. Jenny Mai from The Real. That's a love great her. one. Love, love a her. host who gets on Dancing with the Stars. I love that The Real is like having this moment. You know, I totally agree. It's at the forefront of pop culture right now. And you know what? I feel like it's it it has always been like a good show, and it's really like getting the respect that it deserves. Mm-hmm. Jesse Metcalf, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater, <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. Okay, also known as Eva Longoria's gardener in. Desperate Housewives. Yeah, but, like, nowadays he's best known for being a cheater. And Olivia Colbo calling him out on it. Yeah, which is really crazy. That was, like, a strange, like, storyline that, like, never really wrapped up. But here's, like, the interesting thing about Dancing with the Stars. Because it's all of these, like, 2020 characters and, like, has-beens. Yes, of course. You know? And and I, I do like the mix of it, you know? Well, I think that the show is at an interesting place in its 
life because it used to be a show that like was hard to get celebrities on and you would really only get people who were on the way down or very very rarely on the way up and now I feel like the show has become so popular that it's no longer like an embarrassing thing for you to do like as a cash grab it's really a prestigious place to be on and I think that they're no longer a place for has-beens yeah no I think it's exciting for a lot of people yes so that's cool also Nelly that's a great Love. one. Neve Shulman from Catfish. Okay, I like don't like Neve Shulman. I know you don't. A part I think of me- everybody knows that you don't. Oh really? Yeah, because you saw him in the Hamptons. Oh my one. god, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also he unfollowed me on Instagram like back in the day. Um, like he was just like one of the people who followed me, and then like one day I checked and he unfollowed me, and I like, wondered if it was anything that I did. And then I also saw him in the Hamptons, and he was like being really rude to this bouncer about getting him and his wife into a club. And then I literally like was reading page six the next day, and it turns out they had gotten married the night before. Oh cute. And she was wearing a white dress, mm-hmm. and I think that they were like trying to get into Rush Myers like as a celebration or something. That sounds like a nice night for that. I just didn't like. I hate when people are rude to like. Yeah, I, I actually, I like the idea of Neve Shulman. Like, I like Catfish. I actually think it's like an amazing groundbreaking show. I don't want, like, I like everything in the idea, but not the practice. Yeah, like I don't want to watch Catfish, but like I hope it stays on TV for a long time because it's like so interesting. Agreed. And I love that people get like called out for their atrocious internet behavior because (laughs) at some point in in our culture, like it has to be addressed. I completely agree. Charles Oakley, NBA superstar. He's in The Last Dance. Fabulous. Chrishell Stoss from Selling Sunset. Oh my god, by the way, we... You guys, we need to address Selling Sunset. The elephant in the room. <laughs> we, like, came on this trip, like, with the intention of watching it, and because we never ev- got to Because, it. like, it's the talk of the town. It looks, like, so up our alley. Everyone's telling us to watch it, and, like, we just haven't gotten to it, but I think that maybe when we go home... And it's we're, like, back in, in our beds and being back in sad. Quarantine. Like, we might pick it up. Yeah, But no. I think both you and I have to watch it now together so we can recap it together. But I also think, like, we really missed it. I think so, too. But, like, there's going to be another season, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, even though and now, I don't even really, I know it's about, like, selling things on Sunset, but I don't really know, like, the full premise of the show. But now seeing all these articles come out, like, about staged and the wedding was fake, like, and, like I know Chrishell too much. And, and Justin Hartley. There's a thing there. They were married. I don't know. So... I just feel like I know too much, but I also know nothing. Yeah, no, I think we would really enjoy it if we could just, like, make carve out the time. Agreed. And Johnny Weir, who is an Olympic finger skater um, and on-air commentator, and he also, he used to judge, was it skating with the stars? Yes, he's been, like, around the, uh, yeah. the circuit for a while yeah. doing odd jobs <laughs> since he was... <laughs> Since he was in um, the Olympics. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always just seeing him, like, in a booth, you know, like, talking. <laughs> no, you, you described him as doing a job. Yeah, like, I, I, and I, by the way, I wasn't either, like, alive or old enough to have watched him on TV. Yeah. I know he's, like, an amazing figure skater, so I only know him from his odd jobs. Yeah. Okay, next story. Some exciting Kim K news. She is going to come out with a new line of home goods. Kim Kardashian could become the next Martha Stewart because it looks like she's getting ready to tackle the world of home goods. Kim's legal team filed new docs to lock up the rights to KKW Home. According to the docs obtained by TMZ, Kim is eyeing the sale of KKW Home products in retail outlets known for bath and shower products plus home and bedroom furnishings and accessories. So this actually makes a lot of sense. And we didn't report it, but uh, last week or the week before, there was also news that she had trademarked KKW skin. Yes, very interesting. Which is, to me, there's such a weird, like, non-spoken about thing with 
KKW Beauty and Kylie Skin. Like, they're so similar, but they're both successful in their own way. And then Kylie did skin, and now Kim's doing skin. And I feel like when I think of Kardashian makeup, like, of course I think of Kylie Cosmetics. And I feel like now that Kim has skims, like, that's really, like, the route she should be taking. But when I thought of KKW Skin, I feel like Kim maybe has a unique opportunity to do something Kylie can't do just because she's so young. Kim really is this, like, amazing mom. She's almost 40, and she looks amazing. And, like, I think a lot of people would go to Kim. 100% for anti-aging remedies. So I think that KKW Skin and KKW Home are definitely good on-brand things for Kim to be doing. I totally agree. I'm curious to see what she does with KKW Home, but this is definitely something I'm, like, interested in consuming. Yeah. Because she has a very unique aesthetic, home aesthetic, and it's not for everyone. It is not. But no one else has really cornered that design market yet. Yeah. I mean, it's very minimalist. It's definitely not for And I feel like she can't really be selling, like, home tchotchkes because she's, like, anti-tchotch. Right. They literally, on Architectural Digest, say they have absolutely no clutter. Like, there's nothing on their shelves. There's nothing in their cabinets. I don't know where the fuck their clothes are, but, or, like, their clocks. Like, it's so strange, but they live this, like, clutter-free life, which is very interesting. Yeah, but maybe it'll be things to, like, help you live a a clutter-free life as well. TMZ says they're going to have bath mats and rugs. I guess even Kim needs a bath mat. Towels, shower curtains and liners, linens, drapes, afghans, throws, comforters, blankets, scented oils, room fragrances, candles. This is is good. It's not like knickknacks. Patty wax, give a dog a bone. Yeah, I'm into it. Cute. She's got a customer in me. Yeah, I mean... She's just killing it. I think Skims was, like, the best thing she could have done for her life. And all the other accoutrements are great. But Skims, I think, is, like, the thing that's going to make Kim. Like, we'll leave the last... Like, what Kylie Cosmetics did for Kylie, I think Skims will do for Kim. Yes, definitely. Well, speaking of big money makers, Tyler Perry is officially a billionaire. Tyler Perry's got something else to take ownership of. He's now a billionaire. Tyler's net worth just jumped and made him the newest official member of the Three Comma Club, according to a new Forbes report detailing his rise from being, quote, poor as hell to rich and powerful. The numbers are in, and here's how they're breaking. Forbes is breaking down um, Tyler Perry's milestone net worth. He's worth $320 million for his entire library of movies. Movies, three hundred million in cash and investments, two eighty million for Tyler Perry Studios, mm. sixty million for his equity stake in BET Plus, the streaming oh. service, and forty million dollars in homes and toys. Oh, must be nice. Um, we don't talk about Tyler Perry much on this show, but when we do, it is overwhelmingly positive. And it's not. We usually talk about his various like charitable donations and just really like low key philanthropy that he does Good work that he does so now knowing how much money he has like i just feel great about all all aspects of him yes i completely agree it's also really interesting just to see how like rich people make their money because like when you think Tyler Perry, you think the studios medea you think you think movies yeah and of course a, a huge part of his net worth is the movies but like his investments are just really really well done like him being a majority or not majority like a small shareholder in bet is genius like all these different things just so interesting how you know really really rich people get really really rich because it's it's not just like if it was just the movies that he owns 100 percent of the content he's created it'd be about 300 million so it's it's more than that no it's fascinating it's fascinating congratulations to him oh but i love that there's a thing the three comma club who knew yeah must be nice Okay, next up, some exciting bebe news. We've got two celeb couples who are expecting both couples that we love. And then I'll start with the first one and then I'll preface the second one. Does okay. that work for you? Works for me. I love introducing them in a fun and special way because our first pregnant celeb is one of our favorite celebs here at the Morning Toast. Lala Ken is pregnant, expecting her first baby with Randall Emmett. This the is fascinating. couple Fabulous. announced on their Give Them Lala with Randall podcast on Wednesday last week that 
they are pregnant. She said, I'm like shaking right now because I can't believe that it's a real life thing. I'm really emotional. Let me gather myself. I cry about everything, but today it's very much happy tears. This is so exciting. It was also her 30th birthday, so it's the best gift, she said. I mean, there's like such, we're in it, living in an interesting moment when it comes to the Vanderpump Rules cast, because as you know, Stassi and Kristen have been fired. There's really been like no speak of filming or casting and given the pandemic like obviously everything's delayed but i feel like we could very possibly be living in a world where vanderpump rules like is over um and it's just so interesting like where does everyone go from here you know Mm -hmm. like katie launched a podcast which i think would be good for her but it's like without the show and we don't have the show and we probably won't have the show for a while because la is not opening opening um you know where do all these people stand yeah that is really interesting like we saw that sheena had moved to san francisco but like that was months ago at this point like Mm -hmm. And it's it's still not back. And I I agree with what you said. It's interesting because I feel like a lot of the scripted shows that we know and love have already been canceled because they're too far behind. Like, The Society, Netflix, Mm -hmm. like, put out a bunch of shows that aren't coming back due to COVID and... Just, like, cutting their losses. Yeah, it's over. But I haven't heard of any reality shows yet that are in that same position. And I actually think some networks are going to have to take stock of their reality content like because when things are able to start filming again they can't send out all their cameras like things still have to air be, all the shit at the same time st- still have to be staggered by the way did you see that real houses of orange county trailer dropped yes they're like wearing masks and yelling at each other yeah i didn't get to watch the whole thing but it it'll be interesting to see how they filmed it and it's going to be one of the first things content that we see that really is like in quarantine and on the one hand it's interesting but on the other hand it's like we're living it i don't want to see it everywhere no reality tv at least for me is a huge form of escapism and it's like what's going on in the world right now and all the strife and everything it's just it's it's painful like Mm -hmm. and you use these types of media to kind of get away from it and to just watch a tv show of like a bunch of women wearing masks and like yelling about the pandemic like that is not my idea of a good time yeah even like next week on Rahoni, they are going to start arguing about ramona wearing a mask Mm -hmm. and it's like this is the world that we're living in reality tv especially bravo is like escapist television yeah and it's not at a certain point it's not enjoyable no and at a certain point like i need not be reminded of what's going on like it really for so many people since we're spending so much time at home like tv has been this constant source of just like positive and like and pleasure and i really don't want that taken away from me and i don't want to start watching shows about people living in the pandemic i don't but i guess that's like the double-edged sword of reality television right this is the reality that they're living in too Mm -hmm. you know like they can't not film you know yeah there's nothing else to film but i guess it, it goes to show like then maybe that's just not the content we want right now yeah but i guess like you could do i mean really you can't but like similar to what the bachelor's doing it's like they're making their own like a bubble like the nba and it's it's still very real and it's not really addressing the pandemic they're just not leaving the hotel yeah yeah i feel that it it is something to think about anyways so happy for lala and randall yeah so beautiful happy for them crazy that stassi's also pregnant at the same time and i think it's lovely lovely next up um, you just like turned your ipad like you didn't want me to see right because i wanted to preface our next happy couple baby news okay um an actor that we absolutely love we haven't discussed twilight yet on the show today but it's still very much in our hearts and our minds and a part of the culture here at the morning toast yes Keelan Lutz and his wife are expecting a baby after a pregnancy loss this year. Oh my god, I love Keelan Lutz. Like I just I love it was such 
I mean, I could go into like a whole thing. I won't. But Emmett was just like a really stand-up guy. And he was like a great member of the Cullen family. And I'm so happy for him. So happy for him. So happy for his family. Bless you. Thank you. you. on it. Like, it's, it's true. true. Like, he's just everything of the sort. I Who love- is he married to? He is married to Brittany Gonzalez. And they actually suffered a pregnancy loss nearly seven months ago. And now they're pregnant again. So it's just a very happy story. This is beautiful. I'm so happy for them. I hope that the baby is a vampire. And then we get a sequel. Oh, my God. All we need is sequels on sequels. Yeah. Um, I still haven't started reading Twilight, but I'm going to, you guys. I know I, you like, made the decision. I, talk, I made the decision. I think I'm going to wait till I get home so I can, like, mm-hmm. get back to Forks. I understand. You know? Yeah. Okay. Our fifth and final story is a little reboot news. We <sighs> have two interesting reboots for different reasons. Oh, I did. I know this one. First, the Golden Girls is returning to TV with an all-black cast. The iconic Golden Girls are coming back to TV with a twist. It's going to have an all-black cast with an all-star lineup that includes Tracy Ellis Ross, Regina King, Alfre Woodard, and Sana Lathan. Okay, I love Sana Lathan, first of all. Second of all, I know I have, like, the same five stories that I always tell, but I don't know if I've ever told this one. I ran into Tracy Ellis Ross in an elevator in L.A. I don't and think you... I'm, 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 one, I'm just glad you have that self-awareness that you have the same five yeah. stories. No, I know, I, I know I have like three stories and I always say that. I don't think we've heard the Tracy Ellis Ross one. Please share. She was so lovely and radiant. And like, I was, you know, some people like their energy is just like star power. Mm-hmm. And I felt like very small in her presence. Like, obviously not physically, but like, just like my aura was like, she just, she has this light. And she I was showing you. I was really like. Like, I, I just wasn't expecting, first of all, to, like, have the door open and, like, a celebrity get in the elevator. And I was just like, I love you. And she was so nice. And she was like, thanks. And then she just watched. She just looked fabulous. And it was a really positive celebrity experience. And I just wanted to share that. Wow. So, I think it's so important to share the positive celebrity experiences, like, as often as one shares a negative celebrity I experience. agree. For every Hillary Duff, there's a Tracy Ellis Ross. Oh, my God. That's beautiful. Thank you, Claudia. That's beautiful. Anyways, the women will assume for a Zoom production on September 8th at 9 p.m. as part of a series called The Zoom Where It Happens. Wait, what? So it's a Zoom reboot? Interesting. I'm not into this idea. No, that's not going to work Zoom for me. Zoom reboots are, like, not my favorite. That's I not going to work for me. Bravo has done a good job with, like, the Zoominess, but I'm really over it. It's not a solution. Like, it's a Band-Aid. No, but I do think the idea of, like, rebooting these sort of iconic shows that are very uh, antiquated with no main characters who are black and, like, revamping them. Like, honestly, I could do, like, a Black Friends. I'm sure it'd be, like, a lot funnier. Yeah. I think that's a good no, idea. No, I think this is a great idea, and I was I was here for everything about it except until that Zoom part. But maybe like it will start on Zoom, and then when things can resume, mm. from Zoom maybe to it's resume, like such a hit. From Zoom to resume, I don't know. Zoom is like a good way to get your good idea done poorly. Yeah, no one ever like lives for. No, no one wants to be on Zoom anymore. No one. No, no one I... wants to be on Zoom. No one wants to watch Zoom. We're zooming out. We're zoomed out. We're zoomed out. It's enough. Also, more reboot news that I find incredibly strange. Me too. Incredibly strange. That's why it's just like, it's not even big news. It's just strange. The reboot that literally nobody fucking asked for. The reboot, there should be literally like a time limit. Agreed. You cannot reboot a show until it's been off the show. The for 20 for, years. I was going to say 10. I was going to be generous. 20. But no, Pretty Little Liars reboot is in the works from Riverdale boss, writer Ross, who we love. Which, by the way, it will probably be ver- done very well. And I'm not saying it's a bad show concept like writer ross obviously makes amazing teen content riverdale sabrina the like he's amazing at his job and honestly pretty little liars was like a pretty terrible show and maybe if writer ross had been on it initially it would have been what like riverdale is but it's just like how can you reboot a show that literally just ended no it's crazy where the cat where the actors are still young enough to play themselves again Again, even in high school there has to be 
a limit. A statue of limitation. Agreed. On when you can reboot a show. Agreed. Like, this is so crazy to me. So three years after Pretty Little Liars wrapped its seventh season run, and a year after its second spinoff was canceled, Warner Brothers is ready to revive the Legacy franchise. Sources tell Hollywood. Legacy franchise? According to who? No, okay. Pretty Liars was a big show. In the beginning, Big, yes. successful. These four girls have careers forever now. No, I know, but like, I just don't think it was that ever, it was ever, even at, at a type, that great of a show that it needed spinoffs, reboots, all, it's it's not this legacy thing. It was a good show. It was a big show. Eh. It's like rebooting Gossip Girl. Which no, it's doing. not. Which no, it's doing. not, by the which way. Which they're doing. It's not. Okay. Sources tell the Hollywood Reporter. And by the way, sorry, even if the shows were as big, it's like Gossip Girl is a timeless story. Like rich kids, like this dumb murder mystery that Pretty Little Liars turned into, like that's not a story that needs to be retold over and over again. Yeah. Well, sources do tell the Hollywood Reporter that Riverdale showrunner Roberto Aguera Sacasa, aka Ryder Ross, who we love here at the Morning Toast, who we absolutely love, is spearheading a new take on the former freeform mega hit the new pll is set to feature a new story and new characters with writer ross set to pen the script so a new ne- story new characters why is it pretty like why didn't writer ross just like write his own show yeah called like ugly big non-truth <laughs> Um, a network is not yet attached, and the project has not yet been taken out of possible buyers. Those sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that Warner Media back streamer HBO Max is considered to be the biggest, the target destination for the potential series. Whatever. This is so weird. Nobody needs, nobody asks for it. But I'm, by the way, I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah. I'll watch it. I mean, I won't watch it because I, I think officially by the time this comes out, like, I will be officially too old to be watching teen um, dramas. Um, and that's also, really sad. Yeah, no, like, I'm an old bitch. By the way, now that I think about it, it's kind of weird that you watch Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of, like, after Margo. No, yeah, we just became, like, so culty in our family that, yeah. like, I stick with things. Like, I'm loyal. You are ride I'm or die. I'm loyal till the end. I never thought of you as, like, old. And also because, like, so many of the shows that I do love get canceled, I have to s- cherish the ones that don't. That don't. Yeah, it's true. But, like... Like, Ryder Ross also did Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which I didn't watch. Ben absolutely loves it. That's so funny. And he also did Katie Keene. Yes. Which I, again, felt too old to be watching. Mm, Interesting. You know? I wonder how Lucy Hale felt. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Anyways, those are the five stories. Let us know um, what you think the Statue of Limitation is on on a reboot. reboot. You know? I think it's something we need to talk about as a society. Like. We just need to put these these rules in place. I agree. Because it's for everyone's safety. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, we're going to dive into our TV recap segment where we're recapping all the fabulous shows that were on this week. And of course, your TV recap segment is brought to Please, you by... Fabulous. This was not a fabulous It was trash. Week. It was a trash week. Okay, we just need to preface it. Set expectations. Um, this trash week <laughs> it was brought to you by Stamps.com. As we slowly adjust to a new normal, we still need to be smart about how we do business. Luckily, there's Stamps.com to make things easier. Thousands of small business owners have discovered the benefits of Stamps.com in recent months, and they've been e- able to keep their businesses running and avoid the crowds at the post office from their own homes. With Stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid going to the post office. You can get crazy discounts um, that you can't even get at the post office and now they also offer ups services with discounts up to 62 percent plus no residential surcharges 
Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, leave it for your mail carrier, schedule a pickup, or drop it in the mailbox. It's that simple. And like we said, with Stamps.com, you get great discounts like 5 cents off every stamp and up to 62% off USPS and UPS shipping rates. Right now, our listeners can get a special offer that includes a four-week free trial, plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone, phone at the top of the homepage and type in toast. Again, that's stamps.com. Enter toast. Thank you, stamps.com, for sponsoring today's TV recap segment. Which one do you want to start with, Beverly Hills? Let's start with New York because we watched it first. Okay. <clears throat> I just want to preface it by saying, you said to me, oh my god, apparently this week's New York is mm-hmm. so crazy. It's the reason during this fired. Everyone's talking about it. So I was like, okay, put it on immediately. And I gathered that from Twitter. Like, I follow but, you know, a bunch... I- I, I'm not, I just want to defend I'm not, myself. I'm not shooting the messenger. And I didn't come to that conclusion. I literally just gathered that from people's commentary on the show and all, like, of Stan Real Housewife Twitter just, like, going wild for it. Right. So, and I, I'm not shooting the messenger at all. Okay. Like, you relayed the message. Properly. The message was wrong. A hundred percent. It was actually a shitty-ass episode. Perhaps the worst episode of the season. Perhaps. Agreed. And what nerve they had to mask it as a finale because it was just awful. Um, And I did feel like when I heard people saying like, you know, Dorinda is fired for a reason, the way she kind of blew up at the end of a very boring episode where it was like, there, it's over. Take your mics off and go home. Like the season's done. How she just had to get in like one more jab. There is one more jab at Tinsley. There is something more there. I, I don't think that we know the full story because the way that Dorinda just fucking hates Tinsley and will go out of her way to say the most vile, hateful, hurtful things. Um, I feel as though there's something we're missing. I wonder if we'll find out at their reunion. I wonder if something happened off camera when they were off air. There is just something weird there. Um, And I think it's beyond just like maybe her being jealous like Tinsley has this fabulous life with this rich guy. Like I do think there is that. There's that level of jealousy. But I think that it's way beyond that. I think there's something way bigger going on. Yeah, maybe something happened. I feel like a while ago we read something, like a rumor, that was probably not true about yes, like, something that happened. With between, drugs. With, like, that's yeah, what I heard. With, like, Tinsley and Dorinda and whatnot. Um, I just hope that whatever it is that actually happened comes out at the reunion. That's what reunions are for. Yep. So if we don't find out next week or the week after what happened between Tinsley and Dorinda that makes Dorinda, like, hate Tinsley so viscerally, then, I mean, I... I feel complete in my resolve that Dorinda needs to be gone. And you know what? And like, is. Maybe Dorinda should really explain what happened because right now it looks like she hates Tinsley for absolutely no reason. And it's making her really have to be a villain and look like a monster. And like maybe if we had some context, like we we might relate to, right. to Dorinda. Right. So I hope that she has something to share with the class. So while I agree that her behavior was abhorrent and really is indicative of why the, sh- the cast needs a shakeup, at the same time, it was such a boring episode. And the only interesting part was when like Dorinda and her broken wrist were like running around the party screaming about Tinsley. So it's like, if we didn't have that, like it really would have been a shitty episode. And it, it was shitty. Yeah, it was shitty. I can't even remember like... They had the drag bingo and then they yeah, had the I remember drag bingo. Luann's new song. And it's like, okay, two women women couldn't go, and Luann was performing. So literally, there's so few housewives, there were two in the audience. Yeah. Leah and Sonia. I love the friendship between Leah and Sonia. I feel like I always knew that they were meant to be. And I think their friendship came to, like, a beautiful blossom, you know, moment at the finale. And I think that's part of what we said last week. It's like, Sonia is this chameleon. And even though the cast needs a major shakeup, I don't think that includes Sonia. I completely agree. And her friendship with Leah is evident of that. I think this week's season finale, which is usually, like, one of the more interesting episodes of the season, just underscores why this was such a terrible season. And that things need to change. And I think they mostly need to change in the form of, like, new cast members. I don't think anyone else needs to be fired. And I don't think anyone else 
anyone else is going to be fired because they would have announced it around the time they announced Dorinda. I agree. I don't think anyone else is going to be fired. While I'm excited that we have our first in-person reunion this year, I'm like annoyed that it wasted. it's wasted on this like bad cast and bad season and bad storylines. Like it's like literally in Big Daddy, we wasted the good surprise on you. Yeah. Like I, I would literally see any hands down any other franchise before New York. I completely agree. They're just so not it this season. I'm sorry to be the, the messenger again. Yeah, and I just want, like, and the finale just confirmed, like, how to, like, we usually watch the episodes, like, write down our notes and our thoughts, and I, I didn't write down one thing. I had literally no notes. I'm like, man, this is horrible, and I can't believe it's the finale. Yeah, no, it was really bad. Like, every scene, everyone's personal situation was just worse than the next. Yeah, and to be honest, I really like Leah, but, like, the amount of airtime devoted to, like, her family drama is just, it's not of interest to me. No. That's not why I tune into the show. Like, everyone has their own problems with their family. Like, we don't need to turn on TV and see someone else's. Yeah, and also with the women of New York, we've gotten kind of accustomed to them not being with their children like Sonia's daughter's not on the show mm-hmm. um Avery's all grown Luann's kids are all grown yeah so it's like not a kid's show agreed and it's it's just there's so much weirdness in this season and so many things aren't adding up um I hope the reunion's good I really do not have high hopes but we'll see yeah also now that I think about it generally speaking I'm not really into like when the kids are on the show you know like for any franchise like i'm not into delilah and amelia and and yeah beverly hills i'm just not into like general like family stuff like even when luann sat down and talking about writing her book and like her dad and like it was sad i just like i like didn't care yeah yeah. that's mean to say i just as a viewer i did not find it entertaining and luann is someone who i adore like and i've known her for years and it's like i don't even care about luann's family stuff who i've literally watched on tv since i was in in high school you think i care about leah's family stuff I, i just met her yeah i agree um so the reunion's next week, and speaking of reunions, we had Beverly Hills reunion, which was a, a breath of fresh air compared to some of the shit we watched this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, as per usual, the Bravo Zoom reunions are extremely well done. Extremely well done. I love that they showed us the rehearsal, test, which makes sense. They're not going to sit in their chairs in their glam, like, trying to get their cameras working. So it really is so professionally done, and I thought it was just cute for them to, like, all just do that too because they do show us behind the scenes reunion stuff when they're in studio and it's become something that everyone really enjoys and mm-hmm. i just i liked i liked that element. me too and i i appreciated that they still gave it 100 percent in terms of glam outfits looks even though they were from home everyone looked amazing amazing i ha- and you know i have not loved her fashion choices all season but i think that garcelle looked absolutely beautiful and the fact that her jewelry was asa from shah's it was Asa Kaftan's jewelry headpiece was just like a beautiful Bravo moment for me. Yeah, that is a beautiful Bravo moment. You you love to see it. I thought all the women looked wonderful, beautiful, stunning together. There was not a standout for me in terms of um, wardrobe. Oh, that's interesting. I think there were some standouts. Um, actually, I guess that's true. I thought we- everyone like looked really, really, really good. No one, but you know what? I'm never crazy about reunion looks in general. Like. It depends on the franchise. I think everyone just goes a little too hard sometimes. Right. And I didn't feel that way about Beverly Hills this time. But, and I, so I thought together they looked really cohesive and everyone was the same level of glam, yes. which I, which I need. Um, but there wasn't really a standout. The pink hair was a standout for me in, oh, a, in a negative way. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. And it just, it wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Obviously, I love every choice Dorit and Erica make. Um, and they looked great. Yeah, everyone looked good. Um, but it's not like I'm like, on Farfetch trying to find Dorit's dress no, like no, sometimes no. I am yes of course um what I thought was interesting obviously this is only part one 
of three. So we don't really get into like the meat and potatoes of the real season. But I had almost forgotten about all these things that had happened before Brandy and Denise. Yes. And it's like it was the Brandy and Denise stuff was like interesting in the beginning. And then I really got over it very quickly. And I'd forgotten about all these jewels and like these little stupid fights and Kyle's children's hospital party. Like there was just so many good moments. And it was or, really- like when Kyle said to Erica, like, this is why you don't have friends. Yes. There was just like so many things that happened before. And I feel like it's all just kind of been swept under the rug because it's not the big thing. But I enjoyed this reunion because we got to go back to like when it was just simpler and all those silly fights. And what I found so interesting is this, like this underlying tension that arose between Garcelle and Kyle, which I didn't really read on screen. I remember that Garcelle just said that she glazed over Garcelle a lot and she didn't feel like Kyle really like heard her or was listening to her. But I just found it interesting. And I thought the charity um, dispute about the actual donation was kind of low. Um, but it has since been uh, addressed Remedied, yeah. that Garcelle did pay. Garcelle has paid, yeah. And that seems like, to me, that seems like low that Kyle will bring it up, considering I feel like sometimes that stuff is just like a logistical thing, you yep. know, like just the check. Business and, manager. You know, and I don't think Garcelle ever intended to say she was going to pay for something and not pay for it, and I just thought that was like a little sideways. Shitty. Yeah. And shitty. also it had nothing to do with what they were talking about. Yeah. Like, they were just talking about their friendship and how maybe they got to this place, and then Kyle's just throwing out this, like, knife that she didn't pay her bill. Yeah. I will say, like, I think that Garcelle had an amazing, like, first season. Mm-hmm. I, she's one of my favorite people on the cast right now. Agreed. And I thought she did an amazing job at the reunion. And I love how she is still at the reunion, like, just standing her ground for what she thinks is right, not what the group thinks is right. Which yeah. is a hard thing to do as a new housewife. Yeah, very hard. Speaking of new housewife, Sutton, who I've actually come to really like, I wasn't, like, feeling her energy. Okay, this is my note. At the reunion. Sutton seemed nervous and, like, hostile yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, hostile. She was very tense. She- and she is tense, and we saw her be tense in the beginning of the season. I loved how she addressed it and said she was insecure, and it came off, like, it translated Weird. into her looking snooty, which she's not. And I think we all, by the end of the season, realized that who she was in episode one is not, it's who, not she who she is. not who she is. Agreed. And I'm cool with that. But, like, I thought Dorit's apology towards her, when Dorit was clearly in the wrong in that scene, she, like, made it bigger than it was, and she apologized and owned up to it. Like, that's the best you're going to get from a housewife. Drop it. No, and not only did she not drop it, she just, like, went in deeper when it's, like, Literally, there was nothing else that needed right. to be said. And no, here's what needed to be said. Sutton was saying, why did you even do it in the first place? Why yeah. did you bring it up? Why did you make it big? And the answer is, because we're on a TV show and right. it's drama. Right. But you can't use that for everything because then other people used to justify it as, well, we brought up Denise and Brandy hooking up because we're on a TV show and it's drama. Right. And it's not always apples to apples. You know, what I did take away from uh, Sutton in the reunion is that I do wish she had been a full housewife because I still think she's a little misunderstood and... I think that I still don't really, I get her more, but I don't get her completely. And that's because we've never really gotten like a, a look at, I, mean, I forgot she had a kid, you know, like I just wish that we knew a little bit more about her. And I think she was robbed of being a housewife. And I think the lack of airtime and just getting to know her more put us, her at a disadvantage. A hundred percent. And that was the conclusion I came to. But I did think she came in with like this weird ass energy, like yeah. very defensive, very tense, very hostile. And I was like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. Because with the Dorit thing, she was in the right. Uh, d- uh, yeah, but she found a way to like put herself in the wrong. Yeah, and she could have just taken the apology. And, and I do. There's something about Sutton that we said before that I like because she's so different from anyone else we've ever seen on the show. Her even saying to Teddy, "Are you going to let something s- as small as my disdain for your fashion come in the way of our friendship?" Iconic. And it's like that's iconic. No, it's so funny, and it's really like it. it I just I think that. She maybe didn't do the best job at this reunion. I we'll see if it gets better. But she was just, like, acting so weird. I'm glad you picked up on it as well. Yeah. No, I did. Because it was making me feel weird. It was making me feel weird. And then the rest of the drama was really, like, everyone versus Denise. Denise. And it really is upsetting. Like, every week I become more and more 
like out of love with Lisa Rinna. Oh, I'm I'm pretty I'm, much done. And I'm like I'm done. I think she's so mean. I think she's such a bad friend. I think she's really just tries to go viral at every turn. And mm-hmm. so like she says things with this like punch that it's too like it's Calculated. like a canned response, you yep. know? And like she's just wanting to go viral or become a meme and like it's not how women really talk and she's she's mean she's not a good friend you know i turned on her um pretty much in rome and then she had a redeeming moment in rome with her breakdown but it turned out to be so fake and phony and i'm curious people love lisa rinna i'm curious if anyone else is having this type of you know renaissance with lisa rinna renaissance Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um but i agree she's really bothering me and like i don't think her shtick about wigs is funny like i'm i'm over everything about her i'm over everything about her and even when she's right like she goes so hard to the point where i'm on denise's side i know denise is wrong i know denise is lying lying about everything i don't care yeah that's the thing it's like all these women are going so hard on denise for the wrong things that it's like you have no choice but to like take denise's side even though homegirl could not be covering herself up worse like with her inconsistencies and her lies and her absolute lack of like logic but she the women have made her into a victim. Yeah, they and have. They didn't realize it, but they have. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then Potomac, which was now we're going to be saying for the third week in a row, like next, next week's episode looks, episode looks so good. Nothing happened again. There was we were at the fifty-one minute mark, at least on our TV, when the text message thing happened, and that was the whole preview for this week. And the women are so and they bored spent at the lake house. Like Twenty minutes showing us that pageant, pageant. between oh. Anderson Cashley, Anderson Cashley. <laughs> And also the pancake cook-offs. Which were both like cute sticks, but I didn't need 10 minutes each. No, that was so, that was honestly, it was wrong. It was mean that they did that. Agreed. Like, and it's so obvious that they're just trying to fill time to like keep pushing back this big bombshell. And and I'm over it. Like, I, I got you, really I mean, annoyed. Like, Monique's lake house honestly looks really fun. Like, why don't they go in the pool or something? Like, them sitting around complaining. Sitting on a dock fishing Karen Huger, like... That's not it. Like, literally, make breakfast, go in the pool, have drinks, get ready for dinner. Like, yeah. what else needs to be done? I don't know. They it's were a act- lake house. They were acting like the weather was bad or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, they were sitting literally inside the whole time like at the, the kitchen island. it was raining, but it was a beautiful day. And it's yeah. a beautiful house, a beautiful setting. And like- I don't like people talking shit about Monique's house. Maybe I'm just like a Monique stand, but it's like, I couldn't sleep. It was hot and the bugs. It's like... You don't even have a lake house, Candace. You don't even have a house, Candace. Yeah, so it's like, let's stop being judgy. She invited you all. You didn't have to come. Yeah, you probably shouldn't have come. Agreed. Even though, I wanted to get your thoughts. When Candace got that text message, whether or not it was, like, staged or not, did you feel like she genuinely was upset that she had gotten this burden of information? Because I kind of did. Yeah, no, she was definitely flustered annoyed not reveling in in it in it at all like not happy because sometimes when your enemy like you got to text yes. about your enemy you're you're stoked of course it's, um, it's it's fuel it wasn't that for her she was definitely like freaking out and i understood why she went straight to giselle because giselle is really like a matriarch within the group and a close friend of ashley's and like the bone carrier yes but she's now lost me because it seems like she's gonna bring it up at the dinner table and like which is so inappropriate and not the place right, to do and it. this is like the, this is what we were just saying about beverly hills like yes we are on tv it is drama for the television sure but like there's a level and Giselle and Candace could have brought it up to Ashley one-on-one. Which they should have. Before dinner. And it would have, like, come up at dinner. And that, yeah. and it would be great television. But for them to bring it up in front of everyone is just low. And no, and it's it's so mean. Like, yeah. that, I know that these women, like, are co-workers. Um, 
and some of them are friends in real life and some of them are not but like i don't know how you could really do that like to a woman yeah like give ash so this is what might have happened to you they might have told ashley before dinner she might have not come to dinner she might have mm-hmm. stayed and, and then they would have all talked at the table why isn't ashley at dinner and they would have talked about it would have come up and we would have had that sounds like a great we would, show we would have had the gossip or ashley comes to dinner and they have to talk about it at dinner but ashley is at least prepared like mm-hmm. even though we live for the drama these women are still human and it goes back to why denise is not like is the victim yeah. of Beverly Hills because Rena should have told her before everyone else did. Agreed. And you Agreed. would have had the same drama. Yep. You could have had the same conversation. Just a little bit more organized. But to like be caught off guard like that on something that could literally blow up your marriage yeah. and your life when you have a three month old. Yeah. Not cool. Another thing that I thought was interesting in the episode is like I was really turned on Wendy. Like she was just not saying anything that I agreed with or anything. And then when she had that moment, like when she was on her walk with Giselle, I just felt like she wasn't listening to anything Giselle was saying. And Giselle was actually giving some good advice. But then when she sat on the deck with Ashley and she, like, started to cry about how, like, yes, yeah, she's a mom of three, but, like, it's so fresh for her and her baby was in the NICU. Like, I immediately just, like, understood and felt bad for her. And I just understood, like, why her behavior was, like, a little erratic and I couldn't even fault her for it. And I feel like she's mad at the circumstance, which is, like, the most annoying thing to be mad at because you really can't be mad at anyone. Yeah. So I was really, like, not digging her at all. And then when she opened up and became a little bit more vulnerable. I understood her way more and I actually agreed with pretty much everything she said. Yeah, no, this scene between her and Ashley on the dock was really nice and and human and I enjoyed it. Um, And yeah, there are other times when I'm just like, don't agree with her. And like when Candace was giving her advice the next morning after the fight, like giving her like the worst advice ever. Ever. Like... I'm surprised she even got to that moment with Ashley when she was completely coached in the wrong direction. No, Candace, when they're sitting on the bed, literally swapping advice and just, like, talking about the night, I was like, Candace is not a friend. Like, at all. This is some of the worst advice I've ever heard. Yeah, no, you take Candace's advice, you end up like Candace. No, you take Candace's advice, and you do the opposite, and then you're good. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's dive into Dear Toasters. We only have one today, because it's a pretty juicy one, and, I don't know, I'm just like... I feel like one was the right amount. No, I'm I'm looking forward to putting all of my efforts into one. Dear Toasters is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. I've spoken a lot about my journey to um, therapy, and what a lot of people have told me is that, you know, you have to shop, you have to shop, and I feel like BetterHelp is the perfect place to do that. Everyone's working from home, living at home, and I think that this crazy world we're living in, it has really never been a better time to seek therapy or just any sort of help for whatever it is that you're going through. The thing about BetterHelp is that it's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it is professional counseling done very securely online. We talk about BetterHelp on the Redheads a lot, and it's just such a great resource during this time, really the perfect thing, because I think a lot of us are struggling with our mental health Mm -hmm. right now, and to have a resource like this with so many different options available to you to seek out the right counselor during this time is really it's never been a better time the service is available for clients worldwide it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available better help wants you to start living a happier life today visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily visit betterhelp.com toast that's better help H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Once again, there's a special offer for our listeners to get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com toast. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com toast. Fabulous. Now let's dive into our dear toasters. We've got a bit of a pickle here. Ooh. 
Claudia and Jackie. Hi. Hello. Sorry that we keep moving our chairs. Good afternoon. I've been with you all since that episode where you worked out with Jorge Cruz. Wow. Good times, LOL. Anyway, my dilemma today is rather interesting. I recently attended a small family wedding on a farm, very secluded, that had few guest rooms, so people could only stay there after the reception. My brother had his own room. He woke up at 5 a.m. only to realize he had lost the car keys of the car that we had loaned him. He panicked and headed back to the dance floor in the hopes of finding them. In the process, he ran into our uncle, who was staying out partying till 5 a.m. Love it. My uncle said he didn't have a room to stay in, so we just kept drinking with a few others who were partying away through the night. My brother was already awake. He offered my uncle his room. My brother still hadn't found the keys, and so, like any boy, he went to find a woman to help him. My brother gets our mom, and she suggests that they start the search in his room. So my brother and mother head back to the room where, they're, where the brother is staying, and my uncle is now staying in it. My mom and brother walk in, and our uncle, who is married, is in bed with a mystery man. They were caught in the act. We were all fucking shook. I will never tell my aunt. My uncle is married to my blood, my blood-related aunt. Can anything really be kept a secret if five people know? Let me know what you guys think. Is it my job to tell my favorite aunt that her husband is a cheating man? This is above my pay grade, and I live for hot gossip, but this is too hot. Okay, well, first of all, as a child in this situation, it would be up to your parents to tell the auntie. That's true. Like Your mom is fucked, not you. Well, it depends if... Whichever parent is the one that's blood-related to the auntie. But the dad doesn't know right now, just the mom. Okay, well, tell the, the, the blood sibling. Yeah. Because they know the auntie best. And maybe, like, auntie's been looking for a reason to get out for a while. Right, maybe this is her ticket. Right, maybe this is her ticket out. Maybe she's so happy with her life and, like, doesn't want to know what might be going on. And I think a sibling might know that about a fellow sibling. And so I would leave it up to the adults in this situation. Yeah. Now, can something remain a secret when five people know about it? Typically, no. But, like, this isn't something that just slips out to no. your auntie. <laughs> oh, yeah. we, we got a bunch of your toasters, but I chose this one for you because, because it's about an aunt. It's aunt on aunt crime. Yeah, the thing is, it's like, when it comes to telling your aunt, like, she needs to know, obviously. But these conversations can be uncomfortable. And you just don't want her to feel, like, ashamed or embarrassed so however you decide to tell her it has to be in the way that protects her the most yes so whether that is your mother your father someone i don't think it should be you you're a kid and that's like embarrassing right like if theo saw something and wanted to say something to me i would feel more comfortable if he told you and you told me because like you know how to handle me and like you know you know what's up but, but like see, theo's such a man of honor like he would probably just not say anything but like would he want to see his auntie like living a lie that's true that's true you know so it's tough but i I do think that, like, when you're the niece or nephew, it can be, it can feel like you want to tell your auntie everything. <laughs> no, but in dead seriousness, like, you need to pass this off to an adult. Yes. Like, this is not your leave fucking it, problem. Leave it to the adults. Yeah. But that is so crazy. Justice for your auntie. Yeah, justice for your auntie. And I wonder, <laughs> did your brother ever find the car keys? Probably not. That's, That's like, the true crime here. Yeah, that, I completely agree. That is so unacceptable. So unacceptable. Why did he wake up at 5 a.m. anyway? Also, what farm was this? Like, sounds Sounds like an amazing night. No, sometimes, like, when you're drinking, you just wake up early. I can't fault the brother for waking up at 5. 5 is insane. No, it's nuts. Nuts. Um, So that was Dear Toasters. Thank you guys for writing in. Again, if you ever want to write into Dear Toasters, we're back in studio next week. The email is deartoasters at gmail.com. Write about anything. We'll always keep it anonymous. You can hide people's names. The more interesting, the better. If you want to write us an update, if we if you have written into us and we have given you good or bad advice and you want to update us on what happened, you can also email us again, deartoasters at gmail.com. 
that's our show. That's our show. Next time we see you, we'll be back in the studio on Monday. So we hope you guys have a great rest of the week. Thank you for giving us the time and space to do weekly episodes. This has just been a great joy. It's been a dream. And I think you're going to see two different girls back yes. on Monday. One, because I've gained a few pounds. Me too. But also because, like, the joy, the inner peace, it is emanating. It is coursing through our veins. Just like Edward's venom. Exactly. On that note, we will see you on Monday. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.